All righty. How are y'all? It's good to be back. We missed a week last week. I was uh, praying that Irma would come and less power, give us a weekend off, which was nice. And uh, hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, actually, it was a train wreck, wasn't it? I mean, it was just holy moly. Did any of us expect that? I know. And uh, today, what we're doing, um, we're going to start, I'm going to start a, a, a series on grace and forgiveness. And um, it's from a book that um, John and Carol Arnott, Arnott, Arnott wrote. It's called Grace and Forgiveness. And for years, literally years and years and years, people have been asking me to preach kind of through this book, through this book and the points of this book. And, uh, and so I'm going to. I'll probably do three or four sermons on it. But central, central to grace, central to forgiveness is the Father's love, right? The Father's love. That's okay. I, I'm louder. I'm louder. I'm louder than him. I'm louder than everyone. You know, and uh, the Father's love is central to grace and forgiveness. And this whole idea. Um, and so I'm going to. And, and, and so we speak a lot about grace and forgiveness at River City Church, right? A lot. Because we don't. It's not because we don't believe other aspects of Christianity uh, or being a Christian. Uh, aren't important, but we believe all of those things flow out of the Father's love, our understanding of who the Father is and how much he loves us. But we also teach about it so often because we could speak every week on it and we would only scratch the surface of how much he loves us, the way that he loves us, his beauty, his extravagance. He's just, he's unimaginable. He's unknowable unless he reveals himself to us. And one of the ways that he does reveal himself to us is through stories. It's through pictures of his grace, pictures of his love. And and we see this uh, in the movies. We see this in real life uh, with people around us. We see this in TV shows. We see this all over the place. And when we see it, the Holy Spirit, you know, confirms something happens in our heart. And we're like, that's the way God loves me. That's reflection of the Father's love for me. You know, in Irma, um, we, at the end of our street, I, I, I videotaped it, number three, the video number three on, on Irma, uh, we had trees, massive trees that fell, and we had another massive tree that fell halfway down. And our house was in the middle of them, and we were literally trapped. We couldn't go anywhere. We were in bondage. We needed freedom. We needed freedom. And so what happens is Brian Horn comes, and he starts chainsawing these trees to bring us freedom, Right? And he didn't, wasn't paid by, we didn't pay him, no one asked him to do it, it was his grace, it was his grace, right? And then eventually he cut him away, and we were able to leave our bondage, and just like the nation of Israel, we were free from the oppression of these trees, right? And so you see that, you hear that, and you're like, that's how God loves me, he brought me into freedom through his power and truth, right? Or how about the guy we've probably seen, remember the guy in the Olympics, he's running the 220, and he blows a hammy, right? And he's like, whoa, and he's like hopping along, he'd been training forever, and the father comes out of the stands and starts carrying him, helping him, loving him through, and they try to pull him away, and the father says, no, this is my son, I'm sticking with him. And you go, that's how the father loves me, that he's sticking with me, that he's coming for me, that I am limping through life. And trying my best, but I can't do it. I can't do it on my own, and the Father loves me. I want to show you a video clip. Actually, I'm not going to show you a video clip because we don't, we don't have time. But it's, it, the video clip is... Actually, we're going to show that video clip. Show that video clip. It's a short video clip. 
Volume. Volume. A little volume. I'll narrate. We're going down. We have to go down here because there's a switch that we have to blow for the asteroid. The asteroid to split and not hit the earth. And Ben Affleck drew the short straw. So he's the one who's going to have to stay behind and sacrifice his life to hit this button to break the asteroid because the remote one wouldn't work. And the guy behind him, Bruce Willis, is like, all right, bro, I love you. You're going to do a great thing. Ben Affleck says, tell Gracie, his, ben, uh, Bruce Willis' daughter, that I love her. And he goes, you tell him himself. He pulls his cord so he can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And he, he pushes him back into the airlock. Get back into the airlock. And tell Gracie I love her. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And Bruce Willis takes his place, locks the airlock. <gasps> I can breathe. I can breathe. Check me up. I love you, Harry. Don't do this. Don't do this, Harry. Don't. Don't. Don't do this. Don't. Don't. I have to do this. You take care of my Gracie. No. No. Yes, I will. I will. You tell her I love you. I love her. Harry, you tell her that she's one of a kind, that I'm her father. She's created in my image. No, Harry, don't. Don't. This is my job. Don't. Don't. I love you. I love you. I love you. Don't. 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 Harry, I love you. Way to go, kid. Okay, just cut it there. Okay, so that, that's what happens. Oh, my word, is that the gospel or what, right? The father sacrifices his life to free the, 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 the guy that's going to marry his daughter, whose name, by the way, is Grace. Mm-hmm. And, and so he goes and marries Grace. He sacrifices himself for the whole world so the whole world will live. The world doesn't recognize it. The world doesn't know what's going to go on. But he does it as an act of grace, bringing life to the world at his expense. Mm -hmm. Boom. That's the gospel right there, right? This is what's amazing, too. And the next scene, the last scene, right after this, it shows him, the father, speaking to Grace, his daughter. And she, in this, like, super emotional, right? And you're like, all right, so they're talking, and the father, like, saying loving things. And then she says to him, she says, forgive me, I didn't mean what I said when I, that I didn't want to be like you. That I didn't want to be like you. And she says, there are parts of you in me that make me who I am. And she has this epiphany of her father and his love for her and how she has been transformed into this, this person as a result of his love for her. Right? And so these are pictures, great pictures, that kind of show us Give us glimpses of who our Father is and His love for us. And one of the things that I want to talk about when we talk about grace and forgiveness uh, today is that grace and forgiveness, when we look at it, when we allow the Holy Spirit to move and power, reveal the truth of what the Word says, we get a picture of a Father, a loving Father, that is incredible, is amazing. A father that loves us so much that he has sacrificed everything so that we can come to him and experience his love, experience life within him. As we move into this topic of grace and forgiveness, right? Like this is, I want to be, I want to let you know 
that um, this is a sensitive topic, right? Because there are people in this room who have been, their life has been wrecked by someone else. Someone has hurt them, someone has abused them, someone has taken advantage of them, and, and, and you have been wrecked. And, uh, and that probably has happened to more people than you think in this room. And when I begin to talk about grace and forgiveness, there's something in you, I know, that wells up within you, and you think, oh my word, like, I can't imagine, I can't imagine extending forgiveness to this person. And all of a sudden, your wounds and your brokenness and the things that are in your heart that are taking life away from you begin to be revealed. And it's painful, it's very emotional. And what I want to say to you is that the journey of forgiveness and the journey of grace is one in which the Holy Spirit leads each one of us in His timing, knowing where our hearts are so that we can do it in a way that brings life to us, that brings His love into us at just the right time. And so don't believe the lie that uh, Antley's saying, um, if I don't extend grace, then God doesn't love me. If I don't extend grace now, then I'm a lesser Christian. Or I have to offer forgiveness. I don't offer forgiveness, then I'm going to be condemned. Because God says that if I don't forgive, then he won't forgive me. No. Those are lies, okay? The Spirit is the one who leads us. The Spirit is the one who speaks to us. The Spirit is the one who will bring forgiveness into our hearts so that we can extend forgiveness. And that's what we're going to talk about today, is that the Father's heart, His heart, is to bring you into freedom. And unforgiveness is one of the things, one of the primary things that prevents you from experiencing that freedom. And so the journey, the journey of moving in forgiveness and learning to move in grace is not a burden. It's an invitation. It's an invitation into the Father's love. It's an invitation to deeper life. It's an invitation into power, into truth, where we get to become who God's created us to be. That's what grace, that's what, what forgiveness and the, the invitation from the Father is, you know, is offering. That's what he's offering to us today. Okay, now I'm going to do, we're going to do an experiment, okay? And this is, what, this is how it's going to roll, is that you're all going to close your eyes, okay? I promise I'm not going to mess with you or like you're going to open them in a bikini or something. None of that is going to happen, okay? What you're going to do is you're going to close your eyes. And um, I'm just going to read some things. I'm going to read some things. And we're just going to see what happens. Okay? I've never done this before. Okay, so let's close our eyes. And if this is just too awkward for you, you don't have to. But you know someone in your life, I bet, that you need to forgive. Someone who has hurt you. Someone that has taken advantage of you. Someone who has abandoned you. Someone, maybe at work. Someone that has slandered you, a spouse that has abandoned you or has hurt you, or maybe a bully comes to your mind, or a family member or a friend or somebody else that I didn't mention, who you know you need to forgive. Okay, open your eyes. Everyone had a picture, didn't they? Every single person. Someone came to your mind. 
someone came to your mind. Why? 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 Because God wants to leverage that so that you will experience more of his love. So that you will experience extending freedom to someone who doesn't deserve it. So that, and you will get life. And that, that's what's happening here. And see, and see, whenever you're doing that, I think that there are probably a number of responses that happened. Um, and one of the questions that I was asking when I was thinking about this was, do these, do these images that you're receiving, do they come, are they coming to you as a result of the spirit in your life? Or are they coming to you as a result of the enemy in your life? And I was thinking about that because that, I think, is a relevant question, right? And, and when I started praying and thinking about this, I thought about, well, how did your body respond when those pictures and those people came into your mind? Did your heart rate go up? Did you feel anger? Did your face maybe go flush? Your hands get a little slippery? Did it feel heavy? Like a burden? Was it emotional? I think all of those responses and many others that I didn't mention are from the Holy Spirit. And they're an invitation of Him wanting to bring you healing and to redeem this area of your life, to redeem your heart and this area that the enemy has stolen from you. And He doesn't want you to offer forgiveness and grace. Because as long as you don't offer forgiveness and grace, you remain unfree. You remain in bondage. And when that happens to your heart, it begins to spill over into every area of your life. And pretty soon you become bitter. You become cynical. You shut down. You don't want to be around people. You don't trust people. You isolate. And it's painful. It's the life that the enemy wants for you. He wants to come and kill your heart, destroy your heart, and take life away that you were meant to receive from Christ. How many of you felt, when you thought, don't raise your hands, felt fear? That image came to your mind and you felt, oh my word, this terrifies me. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And you feel like, I'm going to continue to hide this. I feel paralyzed by this. I've been carrying this for a long time. And I, I just, I can't deal with it. It's too overwhelming. That's from the enemy. That's from the enemy. Because when you feel fear, you lose hope. Right? When you feel fear and you remove yourself from God, you remove yourself from the one who can bring you freedom. You remove yourself and minimize the power of the gospel, of what Jesus has done to bring you freedom. When you remove yourself and you allow fear to determine your behavior, you're allowing your feelings and your emotions to trump the truth of God's promises and the truth of God's word. God has given so much so that you could receive so much. He has poured out so much forgiveness. He has given so much grace so that you would be able to experience greater measures of forgiveness, greater measures of grace, greater measures 
of his love. In John 3.16, you know I've never preached on John 3.16. I did when I was a young life. I said it all the time, but it was like kids who hated me. All right? Not all of them. Lord, Maureen, they like me. Okay, so God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Okay, this is the gospel. This is the reality of God giving, God forgiving to bring you life. Okay, God has given what is most precious to him, his son. He's given through grace the gift of his son, the thing that is most precious, his one and only son. He has given to you so that your sin would be forgiven. That the death that you deserved to die as a result of your behavior would be forgiven through the death of his son so that you can have life forever and experience the father's love. This is the good news of the gospel. This is the reality that we're called to live in as people who follow Jesus, of what God has done for us, his unconditional love, his unmerited gift of salvation, his overwhelming forgiveness that we haven't done anything for, that is a free gift from the Father that we receive when we believe. Not a result of our work, but a result of what Christ has done in his work for us. A great story, a great picture, it's not a movie, that captures this, it's in the Bible, is the story of the woman who was caught in adultery. And um, what happened in this story is that there was a woman who was caught in adultery, I'm not going to unpack all of it, give you the kind of cliff notes, and uh, she was caught in adultery, they brought her before Jesus to really trick Jesus, so she was kind of used as bait, And they wanted to put Jesus in a pickle, right? And they wanted to see, is he going to love her and violate the law that was, if she committed adultery, she should die, so he's going to violate the law? Or is he going to follow the law and have her killed, which is a violation of what he's been preaching, right? And so you know that he says, you know, who of you has not sinned, cast the first stone. They all drop their stones. They walk away, and he says to her, who is left to condemn you? And then Jesus says, you know, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Okay? Now, this is a great story, and there's lots of points we could draw from it. Okay? Look at Jesus' love, how he protects, you know, how he protects this woman who's been violated, how, who was stripped naked in front of everyone, who would have been ashamed, who would have been embarrassed. Look at how Jesus loves her, cares for her, and protects her. Look at the freedom that Jesus brought her. Look at Jesus' love for her, the compassion that of all of them, he had, he could have judged her. He could have condemned her, but he chose not to. Okay? When I was praying about this, I felt like there was a deeper meaning that the Lord wanted us to get at. All of those things are true, but there's a deeper story, a deeper revelation that reflects a God who forgives in a way that we can't imagine, who loves us in a way that we can't imagine. In this story, um, have you ever thought of this? Like, Like, she committed a sin that deserved death. And so she deserved to die. She deserved to die. But Jesus released her from death. He withheld the punishment of death, violating the law, it appears. 
Because no one died as a result of what she had done in that picture. But Jesus did die, didn't he? Jesus released her, freed her from her sin, didn't condemn her because he knew that he was going to die for her sin. He knew that he was going to pay the price that she deserved. He knew that when he said, go and sin no more, that she was going to go sin more and more and more and more. And he was going to die for that. He was going to die one death for the sin of the world. And so when Jesus, imagine this, Jesus releasing her, saying, I don't condemn you, her leaving and him knowing, I'm going to be crushed I'm going to be separated from my father. I'm going to be, my family's going to turn their back on me. My, my best friends are going to turn their back on me. I'm going to be killed a brutal death and separated from my father because of what you have done today. But I release you. I forgive you. And he is the only one who could have extended that forgiveness. It is only his death in our life that allows us to find freedom. But we know this verse, don't we? We know this reality. We've heard this reality. And we know, yeah, Jesus died. I forgive sinners. I'm in the business, for sin. I'm in the business of sinning. He's in the business of forgiving. And we got a great relationship. And so we understand the gospel. We understand the good news. Yet we don't live in a way that demonstrates we understand how much we've been forgiven. We don't live in a way that demonstrates how much grace we understand has been extended to us. We live in a way, we live in a way that marginalizes the work of the gospel, the beauty and the extravagance and the vastness of God's love. We don't forgive like we've been forgiven. We hold grudges. We don't extend grace because of anger, because of bitterness, because of I just can't handle it or whatever excuse we have. We don't do that. And it's because we don't understand. We don't really understand the price that Christ paid for us. Because if we did, we would be extending radical forgiveness in ways that the world would be blown away by. We would be living lives of grace, not quarreling over political figures, not quarreling over social issues, not, not, not quarreling over the things that the world quarrels over. We would be living lives of grace and forgiveness that would show the world there is a greater kingdom. There is a bigger thing going on. And look at all that I've been forgiven. I've been forgiven so much. I've been extended so much grace that there's nothing that you can do to me, nothing that the world can do to me that compares to what I have done with Jesus Christ, to Jesus Christ. Nothing, nothing. And so you have no excuse. We have no excuse. And so I was thinking about what would this story look like if I was in it, right? If I was the woman caught in adultery. And so I find myself standing with Jesus, right? And I am, maybe I'm not physically naked, but I am laid bare. My heart is revealed. He knows my deepest, darkest secrets. I'm ashamed and I'm filled with guilt, right? And Jesus says to me, Antley, I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. I will die the death that you deserve for your freedom. 
And he says this, knowing that I will sin again. And on this side of the story, I'm walking away thinking, I know that I will sin again. But he has released me. I know that he knows that I will sin again. But he has released me. He has allowed me to walk in the freedom he has died to give me. And as I walk away, as I walk away, I stop at where the rocks have dropped. And I pick one up. And I throw it at Jesus. And I say, Jesus, this is the sin of my idolatry. And Jesus says, I, I forgive you, Aunt Lee. And I pick up another rock. And I say, this is the sin of my lust. And Jesus says, Aunt Lee, I forgive you. This is the sin of my neglect of my family. This is the sin of neglecting you. This is the sin of blame. This is the sin. And I hurl rock after rock after rock saying, Jesus, this I'm throwing at you. I'm hurting you. I'm crushing you. I'm killing you with my sin. And Jesus says, Aunt Lee, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. And when I cannot throw another rock at him, and he is bloody, and he is beaten, he comes to me. He comes to me. And my shame, and my brokenness. And he says, Antley, I don't condemn you. I love you. Antley, there's nothing that you can do, nothing that you can do, that will separate you from my love for you. There's no condemnation. There is nothing that you can do. And he speaks this to me. And he speaks this to me. And he looks into my heart. And he says, Antle, I see the things in your heart that you haven't said to me. The darker things. The things that create the most shame and the most guilt. And he says, I have died for those. Give them to me. They don't belong to you. They belong to me. Will you trust me? Will you give them to me? And in that moment, I realize the degree to which I've been forgiven. I realize the, the measure of grace that I have been extended. And in that moment, I feel a compassion that I've never felt. And I come to a realization that there is nothing that anyone could do to me that compares to what I've just done to Jesus. That there's nothing that anyone could have done to me that justifies me not forgiving because of the forgiveness that Christ has shown me. There's nothing. That his love is so great. His grace is so abundant. His His forgiveness that is unmerited is so large that I can't comprehend Yet when I get a taste of it, it sets me free. It sets me free to forgive. It sets me free to extend grace. Not because the other person deserves it, but because I don't, and I was given it. We don't forgive people because of what they've done. We don't extend grace because they deserve it. We extend grace and forgiveness Because of what God has done for us. The grace and the forgiveness that he has shown us. The degree that you forgive is a direct correlation to the understanding and the experience of what you have been forgiven for. What you understand about God's forgiveness and grace. Okay? And so if you're 
not forgiving people, you're not extending grace, then you don't fully understand the gospel of Jesus Christ and what the price is that he's paid for you. You know, we had a word before church today, power, truth, and freedom. So God's power moves in. So this is a reality for all of us, right? We don't fully comprehend. We'll never fully comprehend God's love for us, God's forgiveness for us, God's grace for us. But the Holy Spirit comes in. He comes in in power. And he reveals to our heart this truth, this love, this story of how much God loves us. And we go, this is the truth. And I'm going to live by the truth, not by my feelings. And it will lead not only to my freedom, but to the freedom of others that I extend this grace and forgiveness to. This is an amazing. What we're going to look at over the next few weeks, forgiveness and grace, is tremendous. There is nothing like it that you'll read in Scripture. It's going to be scandalous. You're going to disagree with it. It's going to seem unfair because it is so radical. But this is God's story. This is a truth and a reality. This is who he is. But this is also our story. This is my story. This is your story that we've been called into so that as we experience grace, we will give grace and tell the story of the Father's love. As we experience forgiveness, we will give forgiveness and come to life and find freedom and bring freedom to others. This is a story. This is a story that we see reflected all over the world in all kinds of ways. But they don't capture They don't capture at all the power of his story of forgiveness and grace like it's told in us, like it's told in you. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. It's going to be powerful. Let's stand.